Listen up, pallies. <laughs> it's episode 228 of A Star to Steer Her By. Yeah. What? What? We're going to have a green old time. Tell you what these episodes are going to be. The bee's knees. Ooh, the cat's pajamas. Other idioms. <laughs> oh, wow. God, that's it's good. It's early. Thank We're you. all still asleep. So this is going to sound hilarious. No, I'm awake. That was beautiful. Oh, God, I'm barely awake. Um, Wake up. Drink more coffee. Trying. Do more peeing. Hurry up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So who's the one drinking all this coffee? Why, that's me, Ames. Who just chugged a Red Bull and therefore is feeling a little bit more awake already? It's Caitlin. Who's a shady mobster? Jakey the Nose. <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. But it's Chris. Oh. oh, Chris, yay. Chris would drown. True. Hi, I'm James. Oh, James yay, is here. James is here. When did you come in? I've been here the whole time, but I've been polite. Aww. That's a new change for that's not something you usually find on the podcast. She said, trying to be funny and really blowing her own joke. How many coffees are you in, Rossi? None. I don't drink coffee. Really? James, this is this is still sleeping in for James, because, James, you're you you do a job that has you up pretty early, don't you? Yeah, my my alarm. Well, I mean, pretty early for me i like to sleep in but probably normal for other people no i, I get to work at seven in the morning oh yeah that's crew cuckoo Can't nuts do it anymore. i used to yeah when i was yeah. in like college i want to say like my junior year i worked at like a factory in new hampshire not a factory but no they were a factory and i had to be there at seven which means i was consistently getting up at five thirty. which like as an adult i'm like i don't know how 19 year old me did that bullshit but mm-mm. did you at least get out at like Two in the afternoon. Yeah, I want to say it was like seven to three or seven to four or something like that. Yeah, so you have your afternoon. Yeah, true. Speaking of working in a factory, we're not working in a factory. We're working in a casino this week. We're going to be talking about two episodes, Deep Space Nine, as the huge. Uh, We're going to talk about bada bing, bada bang. I hate that that's what it was called. Can I just say that? (laughs) Uh, Before we even get in, the uh, the working title was just a different spelling of bada bing, bada bang. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I like I just don't know why they didn't just call it like Vix Vix eight Vix nine uh, yeah, oceans yeah. nine like uh, yeah. the other episode we'll be discussing is Enter <laughs> Arma Enum Sealant Legis Gesundheit. All right, let's first let's first gather up all our pallies for bada bing bada bang. So here we are doing doing the whole hanging out with Vic thing. He's in the middle of a fucking three hour song when Frankie Eyes and his bodyguard Tony Cheech is it Cheech or Cheechy? Pretty sure it was Cheech. 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 It's spelled Cheechy. So I'm the other half of Chong. Great. (laughs) Uh, They come in and they take over the place and they say that. In this chapter of the Vic program, he's bought out the nightclub and you have to level up to get to the next boss level or some bullshit. So Bashir asks his weirdo friend Felix and Felix says, yeah, this is intentional. And instead of just, you know, asking the game devs to bypass it, you're going to have to pull an Ocean's Eleven because it's not like there's a war going on or anything and you have something better to do. 
for crying out loud, Vic's nightclub is at stake. Pally! <laughs> and we learned that <laughs> crime boss Carl Zemo is going to want to pick up his cut from the from uh, Frankie Eyes' casino earnings like tomorrow, in two days, in a week. It's unclear. Sometime soon. Im- imminently. So if we knock over the place tonight, Frankie will definitely get himself like whacked or something by the mob. And Vic will get his place back. Everyone wins. Except know- Frankie, but he's a hologram, so fuck him. Frankie and the holograms. Does it necessarily follow, though, that taking Frankie eyes out means that, like, is it like being president? Like, is Vic the vice president of the casino? And so, like, if Frankie is gone, then casino is his again? Seems like if Zemo owns it, Zemo owns it. I think it just means that that in the game, if you complete that quest, it reverts the casino back to the previous state. How many rupees do you get? So many rupees. A million a month, uh, according to Vic. <laughs> Wait, so... None? No, you just get a piece of heart. Yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> and, you, and you already have, like, 19 of those. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. You get a piece of heart, and your little hat armor levels up. Ooh. So... Hitting the head more. It seems like probably what they should have done is just not downloaded the newest... It's sort of like Audacity. Uh, they should have just not uh, installed that update. Yeah, They knew Felix this was going to happen. This is, yeah, That's Felix, the problem. Like... We'll, we'll get to this, but fuck Felix, yeah. this jerk. Yeah, fuck Felix, I agree. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the episode, we we recruit Cisco into, into this thing after promising that even though the program is set in the 1960s, the one thing that it doesn't include is all the racism. And he's like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll help. Here's the plan. It's a good plan, actually. Like, it's a very, very specific and concrete plan. Mm-hmm. Kira's gonna flirt the pants off of Frankie to keep him busy. Fucking hot. Vic and Cisco will gamble for reasons. So there's this guy, the, the one of the count men, Al, who calls his mother at 11.45 every night for exactly eight minutes because, you know, part of the program. It's like when you follow a critter around, it always takes the same path. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what, which point, very scantily clad waitress Esri is gonna come in to bring a drink which Bashir has poisoned with Ipecac <clears throat> on a tray that Odo has made out of himself. Cassidy and Miles are going to distract some security guard by pretending Miles stole her chips. And then when the, the uh, count man goes to kneel at the porcelain altar, <laughs> Nog will slip in, use his Ferengi lobes to unlock some vault, and shove all the money up Odo's ass. <laughs> and then they'll all walk out and they'll all have the money. Excellent plan. The night of the heist, almost nothing goes according to the plan. God damn it, everyone. But they all improvise enough that it works out anyway, and we celebrate with five more fucking hours of song and Miles getting molested. But a bang, but a bang. The end. <laughs> okay, but I, I know we're all sick of Vic singing. But the fact that it was a duet with Avery Brooks. Too long, though. Was like, yeah. no, but it was such pointless. a secret delight. No, it was pointless, though. It was just kind of like, oh, my uh, God, none of you people Avery know Brooks, joy. Uh, you know, we've got some time here. So what about uh, we do a song? Huh? Look, it's hey. the last fun episode, because after this is interbingy bangy bongy. And then the 10 part, like, here's you have an interesting darkness. 
You have a really interesting definition of fun. Oh my god, none of you know joy. It's a heist episode. It's just, it's, it's not just, it's sci-fi. so, here's the thing. I don't even mind the episode. I thought the episode was fun, but yeah. it's like, it doesn't belong here. The fucking Dominion War. And like, <laughs> hello, baseball. what the fuck is going on? Okay, so by your definition, MASH never should have had jokes. Uh, that's not, no, they, because MASH had jokes while they were operating. They weren't like, hey, Let's go tell jokes and ignore the next, you know, group of dying people. Like, hey, I know there's a war on. Sorry, Korean veterans. We can't we can't operate on you right now because we're working. Right, we're trying right. to save Alan Alda's fucking casino and his gin still. So we're all playing board games be, tonight. Be, y'all are going to have to wait. We'll get to you in about eight hours. Be fair, I'm pretty sure Hawkeye did have like a still and he a did have a g- He did have a still and he did gamble. My point is that they never said, you know, it seems like there's some people that could use operations, but we're just going to just I, fuck that the, shit. Because of the nature of this show. Like, they can't do that, so they occasionally just have to do an episode where shit happens. Do they have to? Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is that even though there is a war on, they still have time off. Like, there's, it's not like constantly fighting the war. They still have evenings yeah. to, to do things. Like, we can, we can assume that this whole heist thing happened... You know, after the normal working day. Well, we yeah. know from the first scene where Cisco comes in and is like, are you fucking people going to do your jobs today? That they were not saving it <laughs> well, for their time true. off. They, well, they, so, they, were, they, they let their leisure time bleed into work time. And that un- is acceptable. Time theft. OK, but, yeah. yeah, good. But there is no one in this room <laughs> who can claim they have ever gone to the office and not chatted shit about leisure activities when they were my supposed to office, be working. Going to my office doesn't end up like relying on other people staying alive. <laughs> also fair. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I definitely think it's like while it is a lot of fun most of the time I'm kind of like people are dying out there like right now. Yeah, but they're not on a frontline ship. They're on a station which the front lineiness uh, of which is very vaguely defined since it is still unclear what's going on with the wormhole. Is it, I was going to say, is it vague? Because the wormhole's right there. But yeah, well, right, you're right. You're right. It's kind of close. They really haven't Question defined mark. whether or not the, like, prophets are still actively keeping the Dominion from coming through. Or, like, they have literally not said, and I really wish they would. I'm sure if it was convenient or necessary, they would tell you the state, the status of the wormhole. Yeah, I don't know. All, all, all of this aside, like, placement of this episode in the middle of the war or or not, like, the thing, I'll say this, the thing I do like about this episode is how very clean the heist is. Like, they do yeah. an excellent job explaining the goals, making it clear to the audience what the plan is. Like, you know, they shoot the whole casino t- scene twice, once in the ideal scenario and once in the bullshit that actually happened, making it very obvious to the to the watcher, like, Oh, this is where the where where the plan deviated. We yeah. get it. We can act actually see what's going on. Yeah, and I appreciate that very much because I there are a lot of details in this plot. Yeah, because I mean any good heist movie, like that's the whole point, is it never goes as planned and how do they deal with it? And that's the fun of it. 
Here's here's an interesting thing I just realized. Yeah? Did the holodeck program figure out the plan before it was fully like executed? Oh, that's great. Because it's everything seemed to go wrong in just the right way that it would muck up this specific plan. I mean, I'm, Vic I'm is part of the that... holodeck, and Vic was part of the plan the whole time. So you'd think the fact that he's kind of in both worlds means that the holodeck program, which Vic is a part of, which existential fucking nightmare. Um, yeah. yeah, the program knows the plan. I mean, yeah, I'm also no, assuming yeah, that, 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 that it's somewhat on rails to begin with, and that that like that is, I mean, having played video games, though the things were set up in the program to make that specific plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They could have, they could have, yeah. Oh, sorry. The one thing that maybe suggests the holodeck knew and was fucking with them, like really specifically is, um, the swap of the usual count guy for Gowron. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that's like really blatant. Wait, what? The accountant was Gowron's actor? The 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 second one that wasn't supposed to be that was Gowron. No the shit. One with, the, with the crazy bulgy eyes, yeah. I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. You didn't notice when when, he, when Ezra was like, "Here's your drink," and he's like, "Glory to you and your house." <laughs> yeah, no, that slipped right by me. Oh, I feel yeah. kind of stupid oh. now that you mention it. It was an obvious tell, but no, I missed it entirely. Oh, you've seen him without his makeup before. I mean, yeah, he looks but... the same. Yeah. So, but, like um, but yeah, that's the one thing where I was like, all right, the holodeck might be fucking with him. Cause a lot of the other stuff, like, like one part that got fucked up was because of two people. Cause you know, it was fucking Bashir that smacked into Esri, not like another hologram. Oh, see, I thought the suggestion was that Esri no, was, was a hologram. fucking, no, that no oh, it was. Yeah, you know, it was because a- he went to her de- to her defense. But I think what actually oh, happened was the I plan thought- involved Esri being really good at being a waitress, but she's actually a shit. Klutz, yeah. Okay, yeah. I miss saw that. No, no, case- no, it was somebody ran it. It was a random hologram. Oh, okay. Into her. Well, yeah. The 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 holodeck did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, in that case, yes, definitely. Because I thought it was Bashir that hit her. I was like, you two idiots. It would actually be kind of funny. Ironically, the holodeck had nothing to do with that. That was just because Ezri's a fucking dip. I, you know what's actually interesting, though, is that in the original like script that Felix wrote for this quest, the whole drugging the drink thing wasn't in there, and Bashir just insisted on adding it. <laughs> Yikes. Because he already had the, the thing for his sleeve that would inject the... Poison. Yeah, because he does all it's those be, spy it's be, programs. It's because he's a creep. Yeah. I'm making a... Bashir. Oh, that's yeah. why. Oh, gotcha. oh no. Oh, no. Yeah. I would expect this of first season I Bashir, thought... but not today's Bashir. No, he's I... reverted back. That was the problem. That's true, I know. This season has been... Oh, something I didn't want to bitch about, though, about this episode. These what? motherfuckers. Whoa, Chris bitching about a fun episode. Those two assholes, you know? Poor Johnny What's-His-Name, Deno McShottington was like, they're like, yo, we'll give you anything. And he's like, I want to go play holodeck with you. And they're like, oh, no, not not that. And now this week they're like, oh, Vic, please come play Davy Crockett with us. It's oh, like, what you're a way. Talking about, you're talking about Illyria who died in the, yeah. in the yeah. episode. Way to piss all over his memory. You know, I all because that, that maybe was a they wake up call to them. They were like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be so exclusionary in our in our weird, you know, American Southwest orgy 
cosplay. Yeah, or thing. conversely, they both really just have been dreaming about making a Vic sandwich out of the two of them, and you know, maybe they weren't interested in getting down with the other guy for whatever reason. But you know, you want to know does does Vic say Pally upon orgasm? No, oh, no, no. He says Bada Bing. Oh, gross. Oh. Probably. Yuck. Hey, is it just me or is Vic's place in the mafia owned uh world way cooler than Vic's place in the Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Normally is. Oh, when it reverted even... back, it was like, like wow, can this we looks keep like the showgirls and like the yeah, cool it looked like jazz if you, music. If you took a TNG set and then suddenly replaced it with a TOS set. <laughs> you're like, wow, the walls are cardboard all of a sudden. When did this happen? Well, I, I would definitely be pro keeping the dancing girls, but I, I didn't I didn't like how better. I didn't like how Odo looked at them, though. I was really mad. Mm. I was like, Odo would fucking never. Odo would never. He yeah, was, was distracted. And I was like, that is not what Odo would I, be like. So I, I, I think it's OK that maybe he's gaining an appreciation for the solid form. Yeah, but, um, it, it is logical. But. They're they're in that scene, like, you know, it's like Odo and Kira walk in and there's the showgirls and like Odo is clearly like gobsmacked by all of it. And Kira's like, all right, I'm going to go to the casino and uh, you can stay here if you want. And Odo's like, I can go into the casino if you'd if you'd rather. And uh, Kira like plays like, you know, the good girlfriend where she's like, oh, no, I'm totally cool with it. Have fun ogling the women. But I'm like. Kira definitely would have been down, I think. The women are like, fake. Yeah, so. There is that. This whole place. Actually, you Still. know what? You know what, James? You're right, and I'll tell you why. That's her little piece of her mirror universe self. She was yeah. like, fuck yeah, maybe we can bring one of them bitches home. <laughs> <laughs> but it would, have been, it would have been cool if, like, you know, it's like Kira actually had a moment of hesitation where she was like, maybe I do want to stick around for the showgirls. Ah, nah, no, I'll go. I'll go do the casino thing. So this whole place... This whole place is just a, a holographic program that fucking Felix, this cretin kind of guy that just forces you to play his programs, has Barkley? Yes. That's the, secretly Barkley. My God. But no, the, so much of this, like, I feel like, you know, Vic comes up and says, oh, yeah, I've got all this money that high roller Cisco can be throwing around. It's like. It's holographic money. You can make it however much you want. It's a fucking program. Well, the the, the program, you can't control this program the way other hologra hologram programs work. Yeah, you work. need GameShark, dude. Yeah. But they also did establish. But it's, 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 re it's, it's kind of repeatedly been said that, like, you know, Fontaine is, ver is a different kind of, like, holodeck program than others. Like, because he's so advanced by, you know, Felix, who's kind of a jerk. Yeah, and I'm sure that like if you were like a very competent hollow programmer probably could have solved it. But I don't think we've ever seen any of our DS9 crew like really fuck with the holodeck. Whereas, you know, if it had, if Data had been there or Barkley, they probably could have whipped something up. Yeah, yeah. Or if like Eddington was still around because him <laughs> and uh, him and Rom, I think, had to solve the issue when everyone got copy pasted over. um Oh, Bashir's Bond, Bashir. yeah, oh, yeah, program. Right. 
So I so that actually brings up a point. This would have been a very different and very TNG episode, but I think it would have been cool if the program like this. So this seems like a pre-made change. They called it a jack in the box for some reason. I don't know if that's actually a term in things, but like when Jake, things you know get, about programming, is that I've a never, thing? I've never heard that. Term. Yeah. So yeah, and none the, of the, the alien whole, characters would know it for sure. The whole idea was like. When the program gets stale, then they run this mobster subroutine to keep things interesting. I think it would have been cool if instead of like, so it it seems like this is a pre-programmed mobster side quest that you have to do. It would have been cool if the program was just adaptive and would just change a little bit over time. And because Vix was now running 24-7 when it wasn't supposed to be, like, it kind of caused something a little, like, weird to happen. This would have been super, super TNG. Or, yeah, TNG. But it would have been cool if characters from Bashir's spy program, like, crossed over. Mm. Like, and so you'd have, like, you know, it's like evil Cisco as, like, the enemy that, like, as one of the enemies and like just just having a little bit of hologram like shenanigans mm. you know like like the bad guys call in like you know people from the alamo to like come in <laughs> and like See? and like just just way way goofier way goofier way less way less focused probably not a heist thing but it would it, oh you could have also had a um, bear would not stand for that i know I it could have been well, you, well, you could also you could have also had Cork's head on a beautiful woman mm. make a reappearance. A, so basically, Whoa. what you're saying is, oh, God. this could have been a fistful of Vicks, but instead it became an O'Brien full of fists. Oh, <laughs> oh that was really ups- that was actually like incredibly upsetting. That was so weird. Like, why, yeah. why would Felix do that? Really, I think Felix is a weird fucking. We don't even, you know, we just know their name is Felix. We don't know. For all we know, they're a fucking, like, um... AI? Uh, what is that fucking, the light species that drives people insane? Medusin. For all we know, Felix is a Medusin in a box oh. somewhere. Medusin in a box. See, James, your version, basically, in my mind, essentially, it turns into the end of Blazing Saddles. Where, like, where the, the, the massive brawl in the town then spreads out into the whole movie studio. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, by yeah. the end, it's not just cowboys and cowboys. It's like cowboys, yeah. dancers, fucking Nazis from a World War II movie. Like, so yeah, it'd be like the Alamo guys and the, the gangsters and like you said, Bond yeah, people. I, and I think that, I think it would have been a lot of fun if it's set up like in the first act, it sets up as a heist, but then the heist gets thwarted by like one of Bashir's James Bond villains. Mm. And they're like, whoa, wait a second. And then it just kind of spirals out of control. <laughs> but that would be very TNG. It'd be like that episode with like when the ship has a baby mm. and there's yeah. the holodeck train. Oh yeah. God, yeah, emergence, bad episode. Terrible. No, this was, if, this is going to shock everyone, but you know, <laughs> this has been Ira Bear's pet project for the past forever. Because <laughs> he really wanted to do an Ocean's Eleven and he, he really did. wanted everyone to fucking love Vic all the fucking time i guess he had heard like oh not everyone loves vic well if in my episode we start off with cisco not really liking vic but by the end cisco and vic love each other that'll show everyone that if cisco can do it anybody can Mm -hmm. wow and i don't even think it's that people really dislike 
Vic. It's they dislike how Vic is used and is the fact jammed into every yeah, just, episode. And like <laughs> the two or three minute long song numbers that have to that just take up time. Yeah, really. If it's, anything, this just made it even worse because it was like we just made Cisco like him, and now we're gonna make you enjoy this fucking useless song at the end. It's so I, heavy-handed too, because it's very much we're coming we're coming up on the ten part season finale the best is yet to come get it i also thought that was probably the intention and i'm glad that i was right emphatically because i'm not always uh you know the the cleverest but even i got that one yeah and even while they were filming so they they filmed this episode and uh inter arma etc etc in flippy flap order because this Mm. one required just so much Stuff yeah, it makes sense. That since this one was was uh produced right uh, right before the big ten part finale behemoth that we're coming up on, it literally was the best is yet to come because it was the next thing they would be filming. Mm. Yeah, it's a, I think it's interesting. Like the reason why Vic Fontaine like doesn't really work a lot of the time is what happened in the first like five minutes of the episode where people find out like, oh, Vic, Vic Fontaine's in trouble. And then literally everyone was like, I've got my Vic Fontaine story about how he's changed my life and where he's the best. Where was like, Jake Sisko? He loves me. Oh, he, yeah, that would have been good. But like, but yeah, like there's this like just roundtable discussion of everyone being like, Vic's our best friend ever. And it's kind of like, that's not it wasn't earned i through, do i i do nog. like yeah oh nog yeah. absolutely like nog yeah, big no. time but like almost no one else like i could see not like it would have been better if nog was like leading the charge on all of this but instead yeah. he's kind of like side you know sidelined i mean I, I do like vic but that did feel a little everybody loves poochie right moment yeah <laughs> yeah uh because again it's like wait cassidy's been to yeah. vicks like yeah like yeah, who even knew like wait hold on <laughs> Well, also, didn't we already do this? Didn't we already have like a cork redemption arc where we realized that the journey was the friends we made along the way or whatever? Mm. The real deep space was the nine friends we made along the way. Hey. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. What? Were there nine people involved in the heist? Was this deep spaces nine? Oh, no. <laughs> Is that what oh, happened? God. Because... Let me, let me count. I the swear ones. to God, it was eight or nine people. It was Vic. We got Kira. I, hang on, I have the list. Yeah, in yeah. Front you of do me. it. You do it. We got Kira, Vic, Cisco, Esri, jo- Julian, Odo, Cassidy, Miles, Nog. That's nine. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> so they couldn't have included Jake because it would have been impossible. Goddamn, Deep Space Nine, fucking A. It, it could have All been right, Deep Space well, Nine. Yeah. Take that, QAnon. You could take some lessons from me, you fucking idiots, because I actually know how numbers work. Yeah, now take the square root three <laughs> and multiply it again by three, and you get you get nine again. My <laughs> God! If you flip those nines, you get sixes. Sign of the devil, Hillary oh Clinton, Mister Enigma. <laughs> Edward Nygma. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> anyway. Um, Didn't cool, we make this cool, joke cool, last cool. week? Edward yeah, motion. we did. That's why I said E-motion. it. Emotion. Right, oh, right. shit. There it um, is. It was interesting. Like, one thing I, I, I remembered from this episode, like, this is an episode I remembered, sort of, was... Chris's it, favorite episode. <laughs> and it's an interesting discussion that I feel like the episode didn't really spend a lot of time on. But 
like the the what responsibility art and entertainment has to accurately depict history. And I don't know, it's just it's it's a really interesting idea. And obviously, I think this room full of five white people uh, is a great one to really get into that. Um, I mean, we I think we can though. No, I know. I'm acknowledge just... that. Cassidy's argument that oh no no it's fine at Vix there's no racism racism at Vix kind of proves Cisco's point in that like okay so it's just fucking erasing the whole history of this era and you know what it was like for black people at the time in Vegas so it's like what yeah, was, I don't I don't know if that's much better, Cassidy. What was I'm, the thing is, I'm confused. So what was the point in including this? Because I didn't I don't think I understood why it was there. It just seemed like the only thing was. To, is that why Cisco doesn't like Vic? Because that, that's, that's why he doesn't like going to Vic. Yeah, yeah. That, it's just like that's how they decided to explain it instead of like he just doesn't give a fuck. Well, and the thing is, is as I was watching this episode, I was like, I really hope I was like, you know, Cisco, I feel like we know each other. And I really hope the reason why you don't like Vix is because of like civil rights. And I was like, please let this happen. And then he was like, yeah, you know what? They didn't fucking let black people in. So why the fuck would I want to go? And I was like, knew it. Thank you. See, I kind of want to. Cisco, Cisco is also busy doing a war. <laughs> But we uh, discussed yeah. that. Yeah, then again, a few weeks ago, he spent like a week making his senior staff get ready for baseball. Yeah. Yeah. How was, how was baseball for, for black people back in the day? Well, that's why he doesn't do back in the day baseball. That's but uh, actually, though, if you want to talk about baseball back in the day, in like some ways, baseball was ahead of its time, civil rights wise, because they were letting. I mean, even though obviously Jackie Robinson and, and his ilk were getting the shaft compared to, you know, their white counterparts, they were allowed to be there. And that's only a little early, though. Like Wasn't it like 50s. the 20s? No, oh, I 50s. thought it was like the 20s. They had a whole separate league until the 50s. Oh, well, then never mind. Fuck them. Yeah. In fact, I think and if like you... they, they, there was like horrible abuse, not just from other players, but from you know, crowds sure. and management. And yeah. it, was just, it and wasn't I, a great situation. Well, people sure are and trash, I want to say that I feel like to this day, there is reticence on the part of baseball and MLB to integrate the records from those leagues because it would uh, knock some honkies off pegs. Ah. Mm, yeah. You're no longer the home run king. But yeah, I don't, it's just very interesting, especially thinking of this as as a video game, a very advanced video game, because like, you know, when you look at video game discourse around history, it is horrible because the capital G gamers trademark are the worst people in the world and only believe in like the whitewashed version of history. And whenever a game tries to include you know, like uh, there was a whole to do when The Witcher 3, for example, had non-white people because they're like, well, this is based on Central European. Yeah, yeah. The guy's Polish fantasy the and this and that, Polish. even though people were like, yeah, there. I mean, there weren't a ton, but there were non-white people in the area in the Middle Ages. Like there's also a fantasy book. So, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. Want. There's well, fucking the, ghosts and monsters we, and shit. Well, yes, but these people are like, oh, historically, it was a white area. And people are like, actually, hey, yeah. those ghosts and monsters uh, were a, white people, damn this it. This is woke SJW. Yeah. Um, 
Jake, I love you. But yeah, but I do find it, you know, like it is interesting. Like where, where's, you know, sort of like, where does the responsibility of art begin in sort of accuracy? And, you know, like I can remember once we were just, this is years ago when I was way too dumb to have this conversation, but in like 11th grade uh, film class, we were watching the first Indiana Jones. And, you know, we all love Indiana Jones, but it's like, you know, like the teacher brought up, like, is it appropriate kind of to make this kind of wacky adventure romp about World War II when we know about, like, all the horrors that were happening? And I didn't have a good answer then, and frankly, I still don't. And to me, that's actually kind of the most interesting part of the episode, but it's kind of glossed over. Yeah, yeah, and I then, think that's the issue. Yeah. It's so brief and out of place with the rest they of the play episode that you don't get to, to think about it. Is that they play they play lip service to it, and I, I can't help but think that maybe there was some fee- audience feedback, or you know, may, uh, maybe even people involved in the show feedback about like, hey, you know, we're a show that that features a lot of black actors prominently, and yet we have this '60s thing, and we don't ever address it, and you know. Maybe that came up, and they're like, "Okay, well, let's let's address this by having Cisco bring it up or something." Um, also, also, there's an issue where, like, I actually I really liked that whole conversation. I did think it was it was interesting and pretty well done. the yeah. The big misstep at the end, though, is Cassidy saying, "It's the future. Racism's done." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And except like, for those Ferengi, those yeah, filthy Ferengi. Right. So, well, and and also and also like like. I will I will even give like, okay maybe in universe in a future where, you know, racism is actually done, presuming that that, you know, presuming that maybe what she said makes sense. But the problem is, is that's not like this was a 90s TV show like this. And and there even then there was, you know, this undercurrent of people who were like, well, racism's over. Why are we still talking about it? And I mean, it's more prevalent now, but even even then. And so it feels kind of irresponsible to throw that onto TV because it feels like that's what Cassidy is implying is like, well, it's better now, so let's just go enjoy the cool aesthetics. That that was that was a very uh, that was the show's TNG moment. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I also couldn't help but notice that. Okay, okay, Cassidy, I'll, I'll I'll buy what you're putting down. But then we go to Vix, and there's a shitload of NPCs wandering around. And they are almost all white. Yeah, it is not terribly diverse there. If if no. if if it were true, what she was saying about Vix, then I would expect that's there to a, be a little more diversity. In the, that's in the a clientele. really good point. Like the way it's presented is still unfriendly to minorities of any kind. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Like I, I know I doubt they were thinking this hard, but I kind of want to go back and look at earlier scenes. Like, has it always been like this, or are they just really fucking with? Cisco at this point, uh, you know, obviously the before that, you know, there was no issue when Jake showed up with his date that time. But yeah, what did the background look like? And honestly, I wasn't paying a ton of attention. Yeah. I have no doubt that the that the program is designed to not be exclusionary towards the the you know the people that come in the you know the, yeah. the, the flesh and blood people and Odo, but you know because there's you know aliens go in there all the time. No one seems to bat an eye, you know, the Ferengi or a trill or somebody's hanging around. We- weirdly, so that that happened in this episode where there's a whole bunch of, you know, aliens and no one bats an eye. But they did make a big deal about Odo being weird. Well, because he did actively... Doing, 
Yeah, he was doing parlor tricks. You know? Right. Yeah, he, he was he was being Mr. Fantastic. Well, he was doing what the Cardassians liked him to do. Well, that, no, he, he did the Cardassian neck trick. Well, I'm just saying, it feels, arm. I understand that, but it feels very much like. No, you're right. Like a return to bullshit. And I'm kind of surprised that Odo would be so willing to do it. Well, it was for Vic, his best yeah, friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his best Vic. friend Vic. Yeah, you're right. I'm also yeah. guessing, though, that this is not... I think the difference there is that the Cardassian neck trick was not something he liked to do, and it was exclusively for the amusement of people that were essentially his captors, yeah. in, in a yeah. sense. And then in this case, it's something he's doing of his own accord. Uh by choice and yes it is for the amusement of the hologram people but you know it's not it's not something that he's more or less being forced to do yeah here's a here's a thing that i also wrote that i really liked in this episode the soundtrack was excellent they did an oh, excellent yeah. job yeah. with with um period music and just the the emotions behind it and mm. all the all the suspense in the music and I appreciated it a whole lot. Yeah, I also it, think that when they they I think they were pretty successful and they do this a lot. Like they did this in the James Bond episode, working in the the DS nine themes into mm. the period music in in a in a weird way. Yeah, or at least like integrating sort of something stylistically very DS nine with it. Yeah, like especially during the like hero walk at that one point Hmm. uh there's the it's this mix of sort of jazz and star trek music the the oh we gotta get armin into the episode walk that was (laughs) i was i was really hoping that like the first thing that went wrong with their plan was quark shows up in the hollow suite and it's just like what the heck are you people doing and it like just throws everything off zemo turned out to be quark (laughs) i have notes on zemo oh yeah Oh, yeah. So our friend Zemo uh, was played by Mark Lawrence, who was very well known for playing a whole lot of gangsters throughout his incredibly long tenure. He also played Volnoth, who was the old guy that got killed in the Vengeance Factor. Oh, Jesus. Uh, which is the episode with uh, Utah, the girl who went around touching people and it killed them because they were from a clan. Oh, oh shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he was... 89 years old during the shooting of this episode. Wow. He, and he, he looked it. Yes. Yeah. He, he didn't look a day over 95. You know what I was wondering? I think he might have been the voice of the like big gangster in The Mask of the Phantasm. Oh. I'm going to actually look him up right now because... Yeah, he was in a bunch of Bonds. I know that. If, we can't, if wow. I can't make a Batman connection right now... Don't do it. Someone, I feel like I recognized him and I meant to look him up and completely forgot. Oh, I like didn't I, look him up. I feel like he's one of those guys that has just been stuck playing yeah, I think generic like, Italian gangster number five. Like, tough guy, goon. Yeah, and I know I know the decision to cast Robert O'Reilly as the as one the, the spare count man. They were just so happy, like, we wanna show Gowron's face because no one's gonna recognize him. And Apparently, a lot, of, a lot of people didn't recognize him, but, you know, Jake right away. Is that Gowron? <laughs> oh, I was wrong. Gowron. Well, see, he's got... He's hold, got hold, the... hold, hold, hold on a second. R- Rossi, are you having, like, a paper crinkling party over no, there? No, it's going my on? cat. Phantom. Yeah, that's oh. not me. Oh, it's not you. Okay. I Come see here. Rossi, like, fiddling with something, and I keep hearing paper rustling. Holy shit, he was am, in the shipping yeah. news. Who was he no, in the I'm, shipping I'm, I'm news? Sh- I'm sorry for, uh, for, for uh, How? misattributing it to a you. A false acquisition? Wow. 
Uh, acquisition, accusation. Wow, I can um, Cousin Nolan. Oh, yeah, he was. He's the crazy old fucker that lives in a cave. Okay, Under the well, that's... Sea and a pineapple, right? That's correct, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Phantom. Um, My yeah, other no, note no. while you're doing that is this is also the only... The, the Alamo song that Vic gets cut off in the middle of at the top, otherwise mm. he would have gone on for five more years. Yes. Um, was the only Vic song that was custom written for uh, for the show. All oh, the wow. others are just no. normal show tunes. Uh, but this one was specifically written in like a couple of days because yeah, they go obviously. to their, their writer mm. saying, we need a song about the Alamo uh, for Vic to sing. Uh, you need to include Davy Crockett in there somewhere. Go. See, I Hanging just out at the Alamo. See, I just figured that Davy Crockett was so big in the fifties that of course there was a song for crooners about him. But no. Also, I just realized why he yeah, he has not been as many generic Italian gangsters as you would think. Whoa. But the reason I recognized him is because he is a generic Italian gangster. In the original Dumb and Dumber, Cheech. <laughs> he's the he's the like big guy who they drive crazy on the road, and I think oh, eventually yeah. he like drops dead of a heart attack or something. I don't, I don't think I've ever he's seen he's the. Do you want to hear the most annoying sound yes. in the world, guy? Yep. That's why he was I familiar. don't want to hear the most annoying. No, sound. you do I not. Yeah, no, it is really annoying. annoying. It's yeah, enough. It's we have bad. to listen to Vic. Here's a question. Here's a question. So we're talking, you know, we talk about Felix, about the whole Vic program. We say Vic, we do the thing. Are there other Vics in the in the galaxy? Oh, no. Ooh, good question. Is this Fuck. the only Vic program or did Felix like sell them? No. Well, yeah, I mean, like Julian bought the program from Felix. I'm assuming if Felix, if Felix's only thing is making one off bespoke programs for people. He's either charging too little or is not making enough money otherwise. So basically, is Vic an NFT or can you buy him from the Felix store <laughs> online? Nice. I mean, we've already yes. talked about how like data, not data, data, but data, 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 yeah. uh, data. <laughs> doesn't really work the same way in Star Trek than it does in real life. It does not. Like you can't easily copy stuff. Once you transfer something, it's gone. <laughs> but I could only assume that 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 Vic is like if feel if this is Felix's job, I'm I'm hoping he's shipping millions of copies. Cause Felix, Felix, you know what it is? Here's what it fucking is. Yeah, Felix is actually that guy from Measure of a Man. I can't think of his name. Bruce Maddox. Bruce Maddox. He's Bruce Maddox using a cover name. <laughs> trying to create like he can't figure out positronic brains he just can't nope. so he's like fuck it i'm gonna work on different methods of ai and like he's got all these programs out there that he's made for people and all of them are beta testing his various attempts at ai and that is why vic is so crazy advanced mm. or maybe it's zimmerman the uh oh, yeah. Zimmerman? yeah the, the mh's Apollo. daddy Oh, or, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe like they, maybe Starfleet was so impressed with the Vic program, they're like, "Hmm, we could program this thing with medical knowledge and make yeah. a singing doctor." Here's the thing, too. Either way, Jake, to your point, <laughs> if there are other Vics, even if Vic is not a one-off, I guarantee you, no one else in the galaxy wants to buy it. Oh, only well, Julian Bashir. He's the only human, only anything in the 
alpha or beta quadrants who's like, yes, I want a 1960s Vegas crooner. Well, imagine, though, if it was being sold as a video game where it's like, oh, it's a Las Vegas simulator and you, mm. can, you can go up against the mob. You can pull off an Ocean's Eleven heist. You can that hang out with the yeah, Rat the Pack. expansion pack. Um, I, love, I love the idea that he's actually just been using it wrong the whole time. Well, it's like it's like the people that buy <laughs> GTA and just drive around and Aww. don't do any of the missions. Julian has been stuck in the loading screen where it's just the song that plays. <laughs> <laughs> he's still in the tutorial, the tutorial level. Yes. That would be amazing. Yeah, but it's like, no, no, you're supposed to like shoot Vic in the head. Like, <laughs> you've been to. he's the tutorial for your murder. You've been <laughs> talking to him? Oh man, I'm very proud of this note I wrote. How many pallies per hour can we reach? <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, this was maximum pally this week. <laughs> maximum He's, pally. There you go. That's our title says, this week. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the title. He says pally and up, they actually go back in time to the 1960s. Before the station. pallies per hour? <laughs> but it's before the st- oh, What is it? 11.6 gigapallies? <laughs> <laughs> How many gigawatts is it? 20, uh, two, uh, 1. 21. yeah. Fine. Uh, That's less impressive. 1.21. Which, fun fact, was, was mispronounced because the scientist they asked mispronounced it. Oh, no. Womp, womp. Fucking dumb bastard. Like, How do you pronounce this word? He goes, oh, uh, gigawatt. What is but it supposed to be? Giga? Giga, right? yeah. Gigawatt? Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be yeah. a Gigabyte. Gigapally. <laughs> Gigapally, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, oh my. Why doesn't Odo just shapeshift around the vault and leave? <laughs> that I was wondering why he didn't just slip in through the very fine crack <sighs> yes, between doors. So because uh, he could pull an Ant Man and expand himself until the yep. fucker broke open. Like, why didn't we just do that? Yeah, no. Nope. I, oh, Instead, that would have been good. Instead, we wanted to watch Nog fucking sweat for ten minutes. He totally could have slimed his way in and just unlocked it inside somehow that he is probably could have put himself into it like into the locking mechanism and just yeah. went until it unlocked he could have, he could have also it just substance. created a wall in front of the door to the count room yes so that like, when zemo went to go in there was just a wall there. Yeah, like, like, like what data and did in the unification the the spock episode yeah just hide what's behind this wall by by putting something yeah. in front of it i mean i guess part of the issue was they needed the vault to still be intact Odo could transform into a vault. An empty yeah. vault. Yeah, you're right. Shh. They don't use Odo's abilities as they, they often as they yeah. probably should. No. No. I was watching very closely since, you know, the, the suitcase that they were going to put the money in, which doesn't have to be a suitcase. Odo can just eat the money because it just goes inside. <laughs> or literally stick it up his ass, as you suggested. He could have just fucking goat seed that shit and been like, uh, no, but I was watching because it's like that suitcase has to be connected to Odo the whole yeah. time. If he lets go, yeah. it doesn't work. But they nope. did it off screen so you couldn't see where his hand was. And I was like, yep. ah, clever. I do now just have this like wonderful mental image, though, of his mouth just getting huge <laughs> and Nog God. just chucking the money in. <laughs> It'd be like uh, Feed Big Bertha at yeah, the arcade. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Feed me another one. <laughs> uh, but then he, for instead of like squishing it, he just walks out with a giant head full of money. And when they're like, like some kind what of is wrong with that mom? guy? She's like, I just stretch. 
They weren't <laughs> yeah, even, we don't know how he does that shit. Ah, they weren't even going to keep the money. They just had to find a way to destroy it real fast. Yeah. It's holographic money. <laughs> it doesn't exist. See, that would have been cool, like using like a holographic disruptor or something to like mess up the money. Just throw a magnet into it. <laughs> You're mad. That'll kill us all. <laughs> I'm also assuming that <sighs> the poison that Bashir used. Oh, dear. Attack had to have been something that they acquired in the holodeck. Yep. I yeah. was kind of in order that. to work on a holo- on a holographic. But they were testing person. it outside the holodeck to make sure it would go clear. Well, yeah. The pestle yeah. with the poison what, is Was that outside the holodeck the or was that when they were in the room the the, the oh, hotel room they were planning the, things? The hotel room. Oh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Vic can go anywhere now basically, yep. so whatever. He can well, go to the universe. Yes. Yeah. He can call you when you're in your office on the actual station. I mean, if, if if Star Trek had the internet, he could free himself from the confines of Deep Space Nine. Maybe he was the internet. Mm. No, that's take, why he's so powerful. To take over the whole fleet. Just to, that, that That's how you go against the Borg. You just hardwire the whole fleet to Vic, and they're like, we are the Borg. And he's like, yeah, we are Vic, Pally. And then he just coordinates thousands oh, no. of ships and Next thing you know, they're Borg doing burlesque dances. They're all singing 8,000 fucking songs. They've all got bow ties on. They're otherwise still Borg, but they got bow ties. We are the Borg, Pally. Prepare to be entertained. Ah, Jesus. Giga Pallies. <laughs> yep. How do they know Gowron wouldn't just vomit in the room? It takes a little, little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, he doesn't want to on the money. What do you think? Yeah. He's a fucking patak? He's not gonna vomit <laughs> in the room. There's no honor in spewing all over your desk. Fuck. Honor and glory to hitting the bowl and not puking all over your friend's floor. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know. Oh, uh, sorry, I puked in the sink. Uh, I guess if he puked all over the money, his boss would fucking kill him, so he's like, I should probably go. Yeah, just give the puke money to Vimo. Hose that shit off and be like, yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> Zemo. What did I say? Venmo. Venmo. <laughs> Give it to Mr. Venmo. That really hurts. It's good thing it was the 60s. Because that way he had to show up to get his cash instead of getting it Venmoed to him. <laughs> it's true. Is Venmo the one where there's also that, that fucked over Matt Gates and you can tell who he was sending money to? Yeah. When you like say social network. fucked over Matt Gates, do you mean that time that Matt Gates fucked himself over by being a fucking idiot and leaving his transactions <laughs> public? Because yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yep, that's the one. Yep, that's it. Uh, so Whoa. I just realized we've been at this yeah, for say, a very long oh, time. Speaking of yeah. that's it. 54. Yeah. Any last minute things? We're yeah, several songs. Note, and then Julian sues Felix. <laughs> <laughs> what other jacks in the box are there? Oh, God, so many. There's got to be not, more. Not enough that this uh, that this series will get to. Damn. Is one of the jack in the boxes the fact that Vix becomes a jack in the box and he's forced to serve <laughs> burgers and fries? <laughs> <laughs> With a song and a smile. I hope I hope one of the Jack in the Boxes is the Mars Attacks scenario. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. Well, we have to cover that movie sometime, too. I've never mm-hmm. seen it, so it I would like to do that. Funny as fuck. That's what I hear, yeah. I recall it being very, very and good. And the cast, like, it is yeah, star-studded. It's, it's, I would say it's, I feel like it didn't get a lot of respect in its day. It like did it was, not. But I think it's underrated. I think it's, I don't but think it's a masterpiece or anything but i it's enjoyable i think a lot of people weren't expecting like i know certainly because i was a kid you know 
And I had a very specific idea what a Tim Burton movie was. Yeah, I only knew realized recently it was Tim Burton. And like, I was definitely like, again, little me who wasn't that bright was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I didn't get that, you know, it was a comedy. It's a parody. It's this, it's that. It was just weird as far as I could tell. Uh, I'd love to see it again because I've seen bits and pieces here. I'm like, I bet that's actually really good. Yeah, I've never seen it. I'd like to, though. Let's do that. Yeah. Moving on swiftly. Remember how I said in Bada Bing Bada Bang, I appreciated how concise and clear the plot was? <laughs> Not so in Inter Arma Enum Sealant Legis. Jesus Christ, here we go. Bashir is planning to go, a, go to a conference on Romulus, and Garrick is serving up some classic snark before Bashir has to go chain into, change into his Jimmy Jams for Betty Bye time. And he wakes up, assuming that, as usual, Garrick is watching him in his sleep again, only to find that, oh, no, it's Luther Sloan from Section 31 fame, also watching him sleep again. Not creepy at all. And Sloan pulls a, your mission if you choose to accept it kind of thing. And Bashir's like, I choose not to accept it. <clears throat> and Clo Sloan says, yeah, I really shouldn't have said if, loser. You won't be able to help yourself. And Bashir says, Drat, you're right. So Cisco goes to oh no, Bashir goes to Cisco and Ross to tell them everything that just happened, and they tell him how about you pull a reverse spy and gather intel on Section Thirty One because no one else has bothered, and you can go off on the uh, the USS Voyager. I mean, a uh, Bellerophone yeah. over there. Yeah, go have a good time. Oh, did and they use the same ship? Oh, same yeah. deck. Same. Yeah, same the same model Bellerophone. The same everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, they know they did switch out the conference room table. It was a different oh, good. table. They ha do have a nice table. I'll say that. Uh, and who do we see on the Bellerophon? But Sloan pretending to be an undercover cartographer or pretending to be undercover. Unclear what he was doing there. He was there and Bashir says, oh, no, this is still happening. Son of a bitch. And he tells Julian, you're going to go see what the deal is with Koval, the head of the Tal Shiar, which you know, not at all weird. He might have some kind of disease. Julian says, yes, yes, based on a quick search of WebMD, that guy clearly has Tuvan syndrome, which is some Romulan and Vulcan gen uh, uh, degenerative disease. Why do you ask? And Sloan says, whoa! <laughs> Nothing, no reason, it's all fine. Um, God, in this episode, I... I tuned out like 85 times. So there was just so much explaining the exposition. I read in my book that this is what happens. <laughs> uh, there's this power struggle thing going on to figure out who's going to be on the continuing committee. And is it going to be Kretak, whom we've met before as a different actor? Or Neral, whom we met before as a different actor? Or Koval, who's the guy we just talked about? And we're worried also that there might be some kind of Romulan double agent in the mix. And Julian says, hmm, that's interesting. I should figure that out if they're working with Sloan. When suddenly, Admiral Ross, who's been around, also wearing the new fucking um, dress uniform that looks terrible on him, he suffers an aneurysm. So Bashir says, well, figgy pudding. It's <gasps> up to me to, what, to do whatever. My laugh freaked out, Dimitri. Your laugh freaks out most people. <laughs> Yeah, um, but most people don't dig their claws into my tits when they're scared. I would if I could, Caitlin. Oh, well, Ames, come a little closer. Ooh. Yeah, so the job is up to Julian now to figure out whatever Sloane is even doing, even though they have no idea what it is. So he goes up and says, hey, Kretak, 
even though you were being super shady earlier this season, I'm going to tell you everything I know about the Secret Federation Spy Club. And then he goes over to Sloane and says, Hey, Sloane, so maybe of that Koval thing I told you before, what if he doesn't have, uh, what is it, Tuvan Syndrome? Does that fuck up your plan? And Sloane says, yes. What if you go collect some skin samples? And Julian goes to collect some skin samples when suddenly, oh, whoops. Koval has Julian tortured for a while because I guess they mistook him for Miles or something. <laughs> then we go into this courtroom thing for way too long and there's more confusing exposition and way too much talking until Koval drags in Sloane, all looking all beaten up and pretty nice in that leather jacket, but still. And they tell everyone, there's no such thing as Section 31 after all. It was all this guy being a dick. And they shoot the fuck out of Sloane. Ah! So they decide, okay, Bashir, you're free to go. Kretek, we're probably going to execute you. You know, no hard feelings. And Koval is sitting very pretty because plot twist. It turns out Koval has been the Federation mole the whole time. And Sloane is actually okay because they're actually buddies. Something like that. So we all go home. Bashir gets back into his jimmy jams. And Sloane tucks him in for the night and gives him a little kiss on the forehead. And, s- <laughs> and, I ra- and I wrap this up by typing in my notes. And somehow, Garrick wasn't the one entirely fucking Julian for a change. <laughs> hey. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. really glad that you did that because I didn't fucking understand what happened this episode. Nope, yeah. I stopped watching many times. Here's the thing. like I kind of remembered... <laughs> liking this episode but i think i like the idea of this episode better than i like the execution of this episode because it's it's like this whole like espionage thing is pretty pretty interesting but the fact that pretty much every single one of the plot points comes out through exposition and it's just basically scenes of exposition strung together with you know brief walking around a medical conference shots um, and getting punched in the face a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it kind of okay, but it doesn't live up to its promise. Can we all agree that William Sadler's cartographer voice is a delight? Mm-hmm. William Sadler, I enjoy an awful lot, and he looks great in that jacket. Oh, he it, yeah, yeah, he does. Did we mention I in his first appearance? Did we mention the fact that he is the villain in Die Hard Two and Death in Bill and Ted, and that he's I in? I think we may uh, have Shawshank Redemption. That's right, he is. We oh, yeah. might have, but I the most remember. important thing is that he's death in Bill and Ted, and that's great. Neat. But yeah, no, I love that he came out and he was just like, um, hi, I'm a cartographer. <laughs> I've heard lots of stuff about you, Julian. <laughs> Did we mention in <laughs> oh uh, when we talked about um, um, Inquisition? Uh, no, um, shit. Why am, I can't remember the name of the episode, but uh, uh, Kretak's first appearance that she looked, sounded, and acted entirely different than she did in this appearance. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. she was supposed to be someone we'd seen before until they I, I, said yep. it. Uh, why not just have it be a new yeah, character? Yeah, why, do, why don't get it? Make it Kretak, because like Kretak was like a one-off character to, that was you know bitchy to Kira, and you know they had the big standoff. Yeah, they weaponized a moon, yep. Romulans, and like okay, whatever. And we've never seen that. We haven't seen that character since. So why even bother bringing that particular character back? They did the same with Neral. Was we only see Neral as a as a hologram? I don't even remember why he came up because I so tuned out during this whole episode. 
But we remember him because he was the guy with the big, big underbite from Unification. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they recast him and it's like, here's Neral. Why? Like, could they just, oh, could they not? The same character? Yeah. yeah. Could they just not get the original Kree tech? They or couldn't did... get the original Kree tech. Uh, she okay. was busy. They didn't bother trying to get the original Neral and I don't know why. But wait, that's silly. That's I feel weird. like Neral was a lot younger in Unification. He was. He like was a like a lot younger. Crazy young. It makes no sense. I mean, maybe the that's character. their version of the name John. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But yeah, I, at least they couldn't get Kreetak. At least it wasn't just like... They didn't try. Yeah. The fact they didn't try for the other guy is kind of weird. The fact that they, you know, referenced a character, even though it was not at all important that he, we had seen him before. Yeah, no. Yeah, Don't weird. Okay, so this is what this is what Neural looked like in Unification. Probably in his 30s. Yeah. Deep underbite. This is what Neural looks like now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a rough like five years. Rom the, well, Romulans, Romulans look 30. Romulans look 30 for about 70 years and then aging just slams them. <laughs> it could be it. He was almost 90 all along. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, it, it's amazing though. It's like you get the convolutions of Section 31 and the convolutions of the Romulans, and you oh, just no. wind up with a hurricane of convolution. So much. I mean, it's the thing is, like, the, the idea is interesting because it's Section 31 comes to Bashir. Bashir says, okay, but I'm going to secretly be playing Section 31. But they knew all along, and they're, like, double playing Julian Bashir. Interesting, but, like, I followed none of it. See, yeah. I, it made me... I, I was able to follow it really easily, and that's possibly because, like... No oh, humble brag, is it? It's, be, it's because me and Chris understood Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. <laughs> you know, I was about to say, I've no one that, understands I have Tinker read that book Soldier enough spy. times that I actually get it now. And like... Oh, yes, his wife was a whore. <laughs> <laughs> like, compared to some of the shit Lacare wrote, this is very straightforward. Yikes. This uh, is also I mean, a very highly rated episode, which I was kind of surprised about. Yeah, it was like 8.4 or something, yeah? Like, yeah. I feel like I just saw it when I was trying to look up the uh, old gangster a second ago. I, I don't know if it's because I, you know, I know I'd seen this episode like ages ago, but like I, I couldn't really remember where everything was going. But I still felt like when during every scene, I was like, Bashir's getting played. Oh, yeah. Like every <laughs> single time, because he is. He's being played 100% of the time. Totally. And that's when that like kind of starts to become evident where it's like Bashir has no idea what's going on. It I was it was hard for me to maintain focus and like, you know, kind of stick with the episode. Also, also the fact that like he was having all of these discussions in incredibly insecure locations, like every spot. single time he was like, it's like when he talked to Cisco, I was like, Section 31 is listening to you right now. When he, he has was told talking, literally everyone right. about Section Thirty One. When when he was talking to Admiral Ross the first time, right, and he was like, didn't realize that Admiral Ross was in on it. I was like, you are literally wearing a microphone, the both of you. You are both wearing com badges. Do you yeah, really I take it off I, though? I, it stops. No, no. Working. The second yeah, I was second. Say, I like, the second I like time. The they took yeah. it off and they, they there was a beep. They turned this them off. This is going to be off the record. But that means sure every other is. time those com badges are on and presumably Section 31 can hack into the com badges I mean, and listen like, to anybody. It's like okay, Alexa. It only listens if say, you say the, the wake word. No, yeah, it's sure literally it always does. listening. Exactly. That's how <laughs> See, it that, recognizes the, rake, the wake word. That was actually the one thing I was going to bring up uh, uh, later. But since we're on it, 
that kind of annoyed me because this is the first time in the history of the show where somebody has said off the record and they've taken off the badges. <laughs> like this is the first time it has been implied that the badges are constantly recording their conversations. Well, you see, or that I, the, thought, I thought possible. that was less about recording and more about we're we're talking no longer as Starfleet officers now. Yeah, we're, it's we're like when people. Picard took the. I thought it was more of a symbolic. Off. Well, that, that's what I think. Except like Rossi said, there was a weird little beep. Like, yeah, maybe it's a wartime only thing that like. You know, they always record, but... just feel like with all these admirals running around, they shouldn't be able to turn off their combat. Seriously. This feels like turning off your body cam. I gotta say, like, I of am... Of course you would turn it off to do something horribly bad. I am very disappointed in Admiral Ross. Because <gasps> yeah. I forgot he pulled this bullshit... It's like, damn it, you were one of the few that, like, wasn't a bastard. I was expecting it since pretty early on. I was like, wait a minute, this man is an admiral. This is absolutely going to happen. He was pulling this shit in in those episodes with Kreetak, Image in the Sand, and Shadows and Symbols, when it was like, oh, the Romulans have your moon and are weaponizing it, but I can't do anything about it. You're like, Ross, son of a bitch. Well, that's, that's just being kind of a spineless bureaucrat, which is a little different than your typical, like, evil admiral. And even this isn't as bad as most of them, but I was he, still yeah. like... I, I feel I, like Admiral Ross at least acknowledged it was wrong. Yeah, like he was kind that. of like he's, he was it, it almost felt like he was like, this is my one and done. Like they they do this and then I'm out. Yeah, that's what you think, Admiral. Yeah. Well, Just I mean, one more job. You broke the seal. It's like taking a piss when you're drinking all night. But man, isn't isn't uh, Bashir just the perfect patsy? Oh, he is. Whole operation. Oh, yeah. Like he he loves spy shit. He's fascinated by Garrick like on his intellectual side is like no I shouldn't do this this is wrong but at the same time you know Can't he's getting himself. a little a little he's a little half mass down there just working on the spy shit wow and um <laughs> that this is why all of Starfleet's psychiatrists and psychologists are really bad all the good ones have been hired by section 31 to profile mm -hmm. patsies no yeah. all, actually just Julian <laughs> he's the like, only one. Julian. They're all profiling Julian. They all know he's got, they're taking a master advanced. class on Julian Bashir. No training, no experience outside of playing James Bond on the holodeck. <laughs> so, like, yeah, doing doing this, it, it's perfect for for Section Thirty One or whoever is actually controlling this thing. Cisco, perfect, definitely because they know he's gonna blab to Kretak. They know he's going to talk about the operation in an insecure place. Uh, okay, okay. I have 8,000 questions about this episode because, as I said, followed almost none of it. Two, two major things. What is Sloane's actual goal? Is it just not let Kretak get in this special super secret council? Well, and B, what is Bashir's goal? Well, so so... So Sloane's goal is to not just not get let Kretak in because like, so like what uh, Ross said is like, yeah, Kretak's a patriot and, and she's going to do whatever. Yeah, she'll is, fuck us over immediately once yeah. like the Dominion's not Whereas, the biggest threat. She'll weaponize our moon. Koval is our guy. And not only is he our guy, he's also on the record as being not our guy. So when he does stuff that are in, that's in our interest, like they'll take it seriously and think that it's not in our interest. So like 
Sloane's goal and Gross's goal was really to get Koval onto that council. And Koval probably doesn't even have Tuvan syndrome. It's all a ploy. He's yeah. He's got Tuv- Tuvok syndrome. <laughs> I kept. Yeah, thinking that. Um, What's really kind of fascinating about all this is since we've already kind of gone to the future a little and watched Nemesis, hmm. we know that everything Section 31 expects about the post-war landscape is wrong. Yeah. Because an old plot of the Romulans rears its ugly head and fucks up everything. And then, like, just as just as they're getting their shit back together... Yeah, their star explodes <laughs> like I just even b- before you even get to that, you know, I just love the idea that like fucking Sloan sitting there one day in his fucking jacket being all cocky like do do do. I've got the next decade planned. Some other guy in a jacket bursts in like, sir, um, a clone of Captain Picard just murdered the Romulan Senate. What the fuck? Yeah, that'll ruin anyone's weekend. Is Koval okay? <laughs> um, no, he he turned to dust like the rest of no. them. Yeah. What was there was the other? What was the other? Oh, what what is what is Bashir getting us? Well, he's getting a boner. Right? Oh yeah, Thanks, big bye. time, huge. And I don't know. I think, I think he. I think Cisco was is not in on it. I don't know if you guys agree, but I think Cisco yeah. doesn't actually yeah. doesn't. Yeah, no, I, I was just honest. joking before. So they wouldn't. They wouldn't trust to, Cisco. Yeah. He's so too, his plan he's to like go loose cannon. loose cannon. I was just gonna say it. Yep. So I think Cisco trusts Ross, and when Ross is to Cisco, like, "Hey, you should send Bashir on this mission and tell him to play along a little bit, so we can get more intel on Sloane." Cisco tells him to do that, and then Bashir does that because. Cisco told him to. Well, so we I, think so. We think Ross was in on it the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. absolutely. Yeah. That actually did annoy me a little because remember in the first Sloan episode, at the end, Cisco said, "Then next time Sloan shows up, play along." But now this time they were kind of acting like that hadn't happened. They've been busy what with war and with freeing Vic. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I the think two where most I got, important things. Yeah, where I got lost was just what is. What is Bashir's motivation? Because most of the time, it seems to be, I just don't like Sloan. His, well, so Section 31 is, like, antithetical to Bashir's, like, Federation ideology and morals. Yeah. And so he wants, to, he wants to root out Section 31. Like, ideally for Bashir, he wants to end Section 31. Yeah. I don't think he realizes how powerful Section 31 is. I, well, he does not. He, he, he does he now. He's sort of historically arrogant and cocky. He probably <laughs> doesn't think there's any secret agency he can't take down. Well, I think he also yeah. wants to be the hero, not just yeah. taking down Section 31, but saving the Romulan Federation Alliance from, you know, this, this clear and present danger. And It's, it's kind of like how, you know, there are so many... Especially during the, like, periods where we were on, like, better terms with the Soviet Union, like, during the, what do they call it in the 70s when things were kind of chilled out? Detente? Yes, thank you. The, the, during detente. The temperature detente. war? <laughs> during detente, like, you'll notice, like, a lot of the bond... A lot of the Bond movies, you know, even if they were adapting novels, where just, originally it had just been, yeah, the Soviets... 
the Soviets are no longer the bad guys. They come up with these like insane supervillains who are off on their own and maybe manipulating both sides a little and this and that. Mm. And like, you know, that that I think is what Bashir sees himself as here. He's Bond who's going to tell the Soviets and the Americans like, no, no. It's it's this third party that we should all unite against. And, you know, Bashir very much has the like what Bashir doesn't get is that even Starfleet intelligence assuming they do their job, goes against his Starfleet morals. Ah. Because, and this is again a line I'm stealing from um, someone else, I don't know who, but like, the popular perception of a spy in, in pop culture is James Bond. And that version of a spy is a policeman. He's there to find injustice and deal with it and crimes and shit. That's not what intelligence is about. And intelligence is about gathering information on your enemies and, shockingly, your allies. Like, we spy on our allies constantly and vice versa. Yeah, um, I did think it was kind of funny that Bashir was, like, pearl-clutching about yeah. spying on our allies. It's like, dude, have you never heard keep your friends, friends close, close and your enemies closer? closer or something? Like, I yeah. don't know. I mean, again, maybe Starfleet Intelligence doesn't do that, in which case I'm not sure what they do. do. Yeah, they do. (laughs) But like, you know, he has the pop culture bond idea of what a spy is, not what a spy actually is. Again, he would like he could take down Section 31 and then he'd be horrified by what Starfleet Intelligence does. Mm. I also got to. um, It's very clear that Sloan worked very closely with with Koval to come up with this plot. Mm. Because it's a convoluted thing that only a Romulan could devise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, and especially like the whole, like the cover that, or the, the 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 not even the cover, the the thing that they're taught telling Bashir to do doesn't even really make a lot of sense because it's we need to prove that this guy has some disease so that they won't want him to be on the committee. Well, Julian well, I thought the idea was... thinks. No, go ahead, Caitlin. No, I was just gonna say I thought the idea was that they were hoping to like slip him some poison to make it look well, like he was one of the like two percent of people with whatever you said. Well, that Tuvok was eventually. Syndrome. Eventually, Sloan was like, "That's gonna," you know, they, they figured it out that that's what's gonna happen. But originally, it was just, "Oh no, we just want to prove that this guy has the disease. Can you make a oh, diagnosis?" Oh, oh. So. By looking at him. By looking at well, that him. Also You're genetically just, but, yeah, but, brain. But that also could have, it was just, could have been a lie anyway, right? Well, it was. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's obviously a lie. Like, I felt like him being like, oh, yeah, we just want to uh, make sure he's okay. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, it was obvious. Like, it, originally I thought the idea was, oh, well, you know, it'll discredit him. Yeah. If it comes out that he has, that he has Tuvok syndrome, but. Which, I mean, isn't as stupid as it sounds as far as an intelligence move, just because, like, remember, the CIA tried to introduce uh, a mild, not even a poison. I mean, they did try to poison Castro as well. But when that didn't work, another thing they tried to do was slip him something that would have caused all of his hair to fall out because mm. they thought people would be less willing to follow him if he was so bald and lost the beard. beard. Yes. Like a sitcom. Yeah, no, Gross, he's got alopecia. We can't possibly follow him up, now. Half the shit the CIA, they legit, because they knew Castro enjoyed diving for seashells, they considered planting an exploding seashell. In oh, I was going to ba- say, they just hid all the seashells so he wouldn't find any. Nope, they tr- they thought about putting uh, an exploding seashell in the water 
So that he'd pick it up, go to like, oh, listen to the... Oh, like, oh man, I wish they had done most that. That's of the fucking CIA's awesome. Mo- most of the CIA's <laughs> plans against Castro, I swear to God, were thought up by Wiley fucking Coyote. Well, it's like uh, it's like that scene in the Boondock Saints where like Willem Dafoe is like angry that they like crawled through the through the air vents. Yeah, that James Bond shit never happens in real life. Right. It's like, no, in fact, it does, apparently. So just the, I, only when the CIA is in charge. So in charge, it's, it's not too it's not too unbelievable that an intelligence agency would be like, we just want to get some some guys HIPAA info out there because mm. it could hurt his career. When that plan failed, they just replace his normal potato chips with a Lester chips. Oh, that'll discredit you. Oh, man, he's got diarrhea all the time. Speaking of uh, of diarrhea, I'm going to connect this somehow. <laughs> Let's find out how. Yeah, so we give we give Julian this little thingy-majiggy that goes on his hand so that when mm-hmm. he shakes hands with Koval, it'll he gets get an electric shock. <laughs> and then his lapel flower shoots water. <laughs> and then diarrhea. Uh, no, but the idea there is... is Funny to me because it means, okay, now Julian has sh- shaken his hand. He can't touch anything else all day. <laughs> you know what the best part is? Since Sloan knew that Koval was then just going to immediately take Julian into interrogation, it was probably just water. Ah. Like it wasn't even really whatever he claimed it was. It's like, here, put this on your hand. It was actually just like, yeah, it's water. Maybe it's, it's standard mayo. hand sanitizer. He's yeah. like, what do I have? Oh, uh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, that'll help you uh, get his skin cells. Yeah. yeah you, you know, like Sloan just like came up with that in the moment. He's oh, like, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ. I got to get this guy to talk to, to Koval <laughs> again. Shit. Uh, yeah, we're going to put a micro adhesive on your hand and that'll pick up some skin cells. Yeah, that's the one. I, you know, they could have just checked the air filters of the spaceship. Mm, like, yeah, there you go. I, I just like, I'd love to see this episode from Sloan's perspective. <laughs> Be kind of funny. She's like, oh, he's just a kid. Every, every night he and Koval are just getting high together and laughing about all the goofy <laughs> shit they're going to make Julian do. They're like, okay, okay, now I'm going to make him shake your hand tomorrow. <laughs> when do we get him to eat a poop sandwich? <laughs> there, there's like, there's legitimately moments where Sloan is concerned. He's like, no one's this stupid, right? <laughs> He's supposed to be so smart. Yeah, isn't We've he supposed hit- to be enhanced? Oh, we should have gotten Jack. <laughs> We've, oh, hid- we've hidden the, the secret documents on this isolinear data rod. Bend over, Julian. Oh, no. Oh, dear. But, oh, to your earlier point, I meant to bring this up earlier. Yeah, like, de- Cisco's definitely not involved because I think Cisco definitely is, like, you know, fuck Section 31. And the thing is, his actions against them would eventually just become way too direct. <laughs> like, no. they, they would not be. Shot, he would have actually shot Sloan. Oh, yeah. Now, he'd have, he'd have, like, he'd have given Sloan a swirly until he, like, started confessing. This might be a dumb question then. Nope. No. What is the, is, is there good to Section 31? Their well, uniforms are good. We like that. Yeah. Yes, good. Accurate. You mean like moral good? Or? I mean, no, just outcomes. Are there outcomes that the Section 31 will deliver? Well, that... you can argue this was a good outcome, yeah. right? Because they got their guy on the Romulan continuing committee. Right, and I know there was that scene at the very beginning with Klingons and Romulans and how they can't take shore leave together because of racism. Right. Which is actually really funny because it felt very um, Trouble with Tribbles-esque. Yeah. I don't want so many goddamn Klingons and Romulans on board. Uh. One at a time. (laughs) Uh, no. 
I mean, they're bad people. They're, you know, they're very, again, see the CIA in the 60s. They're, they're... Okay, but what kind of work are they doing with acid? <laughs> they're mostly taking it with Koval to laugh at Julian. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, they're pleased with the end results. I'm sure the higher-ups are pleased with the end results, but, like, morally, yeah, they're a nightmare. They, they are some super bad people that do some nasty shit. Uh, is any of it like a necessary evil, though, is the, is the question. Because that's where I was like, Julian loves to be up on his high horsey, riding around in his jimmy jams. Yay. But like, if this is going to be good in the long run, like it's it's a kind of a it's a it's a dilemma because, you know, you don't want to he doesn't want to get his hands dirty. But it's like, what if you guys get your hands dirty and I'll just be over here ponying around? I mean, it's it's sort of a, I feel like that was kind of to Garrick's point at the beginning where he was sort of like, not enough. Garrick needs more. Garrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, surprised, I'm surprised Garrick was utilized so little. Like, I guess he was mm. supposed to be like Bashir's first spy outing without Garrick and he completely mm. messes up. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I thought you were just going to say that Garrick was supposed to be Julian's first full yeah. stop. That's where I thought you were going. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's true. Yeah, I mean, Garrick couldn't have been there because then they would have to have played Garrick, which... They can't do. It wasn't yeah, like, yeah. If they'd played Garrick, the audience would have revolted. Garrick is the head of Section 31. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my and God. And the Tal Sloan is an actor yeah. hired by Garrick to fuck with Julie. <laughs> <laughs> That's Can, so That would be amazing. That's, that does sound like their style of foreplay, That honestly. would be amazing. Julian it's, comes back all riled up and angry. Garrick's it's, like, it's huh, like yes. Joke. A while ago, when um, I think Garrick left some chocolates for Julian or something and said, oh, I left, in case something happens to me, go eat the isolinear rods <laughs> in my room. Just because Garrick loves fucking with Bashir because it's fun. Yeah. I think I think at this point, I would not be surprised if at the, the very final episode of Star Trek, we find out that the entire Dominion War arc was orchestrated by Garrick to fuck with Julian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. It's just a prank, bro. <laughs> you should have seen the look on your face. Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. He blew up Romulus's star. Well, I mean, that I could believe. <laughs> he does not like Romulus. Uh, Who does, really? I Romulans, maybe? Nah, even I Romulans don't like it. it. At the beginning of the episode, they're talking about Romulus, Julian, and uh, and Garrick, and Garrick's like, "Yeah, man, this everything's gray there, you know, the yeah. people." And I'm like, "Garrick, <laughs> are you really saying? Are you criticizing the Romulans for being gray?" And I you said, Cardassian? "Morally, morally gray." <laughs> also well, true. Well, yes, but it was it was interesting. He also said their hearts are literally gray. Which I'm assuming yeah. he knows from experience. Oh, from yes. ripping them out oh. of their chest and devouring them whole. Yeah, I mean, they're no, no. green he blooded, would... so maybe the tissue when it's uh, has no blood in it looks gray. Yeah, it would make sense. Would it? I don't sure. know. I'm no expert on. Full stop. I'm no expert on uh, color science, so I don't know. If that would if that would work, but. One thing I remember from this episode that was really funny was Bashir getting all up in arms being like, the the Federation Charter says that we don't interfere with other countries, like, you know, politics and like, you know, the like, like political appointees and stuff. Like mm. very specifically said, hey, we are not supposed to interfere with like their internal politics. Except the 90% of the time that we do. I was like, what? 
Gowron happened because of the Federation, didn't he? Like, I like mean, the Federation was... was super involved in I mean, their Worf internal politics. Did murder the only other competitor for for the the, the chancellorship. Okay, they could claim Worf had gone rogue. Yeah. But Picard was also the one doing the ceremony thing. Yeah. And he's probably, he was very biased. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, we interfere with politics in other, in other, you know, planets all the time. Well, and we've talked about it a couple, like there was that time in TNG where it was like the planet that was caught up in a civil war. And they're like, oh yeah, no, we're, we're hands, you know, they're not a federation world, we're not involved, but we are trading partners with one of the two sides. You're involved, then. Which episode was that? That was where Bev was kidnapped by the terrorists. Oh, God, the terrorist episode. You're right. Because they, like, had a magic transporter that was killing them. But yeah, like, that right there, it's like, if you're involved as a trading partner with one side of a civil war, you're involved in that civil war. I don't know how you could claim you're not. (laughs) Like, what? It's true. So the Federation has That's an right. interesting... You've got to be like Admiral Jameson and just give weapons to both sides. Well, no, just, <laughs> just don't get involved at all. Just be like, you'll, you, good luck. Nah. I don't know, but no, then when they involved. blow themselves up and there's none of either side left, do you feel bad? I don't feel bad. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like you you either... I mean, you want to take the point. You want to go and send in and be like, look, we'll send in some like... Passages. Arbitrators yeah. to help you guys Riva. talk to each Where's other. Riva at? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But if you are actively engaged in trade with someone, you're involved in that planet's politics in a very direct way, and mm-hmm. only one side, which means you are tipping the balance of power. Like, yes, you shouldn't pull a Jameson or a uh, alternately a Kirk in what was it, the Way to Eden or a Taste of Armageddon, the one where he gives guns to a side that the because the Klingons are given one side guns. Yeah, I... Oh, God. That one. The horrible, like, yeah. He gets brainwashed by the, like, racist medicine woman caricature. Immunity syndrome? No, not immunity syndrome. I do not remember. Yeah, either no way, you don't idea. do that either. <laughs> there are ways to help. Private without- little war. There we go. Yeah, he pulled the All original right. Jameson. I have two more things I want to bring up before we should probably keep moving it, moving it along. <laughs> yes. This was our first and only sighting in DS9 of the new dress uniforms that premiered mm. in Insurrection. Because, of yep. course, we have to premiere it in the movie because the movies are big. Yep. I think it looked better on Picard. I don't remember having pajamas. an issue with it, to be honest. I actually was impressed that, I like, because I assume most of them were just reused from Insurrection. So Probably. clearly someone on Insurrection was built a lot like Julian's actor, because his fit really well. Yeah, the fit was okay. I just think, like, the the kind of, like, padding look of it made it look like they were going to a spa. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. And the other thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, we, we talked about how this is uh, going, this was the Voyager set, because we've had to be ent- uh, intrepid class. Yep. Because Moore kind of wanted a different looking ship. For, for this episode to make it look like not just reskinning the de- the defiant yet again. So but let's having reskin. A, yeah. So, but wanting like a bigger ship to say like this is important. See the big ship we're using. <laughs> the big, it's a scout. <laughs> yeah, and they'd also it's, would have had the like the CG model. And, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Like, there's and the sets. Like there's good reason to to reuse that ship. Yeah, and also it they is, have the sets. So 
It was just funny. It's like, all right, instead of reskinning this small ship, we'll reskin this slightly less small ship. Because that's the thing. Yeah. We haven't gotten to it yet, but the Intrepid class is not big. Bigger than the, way bigger than the Defiant. True, yeah. but still, like, compared to it, it's what, Jake, like a crew of 200, maybe? Yeah. At well, most. So, yeah, so, like, the, the, the Voyager had, like, 150, 160, something like that. Yeah. But they weren't at, they weren't at full capacity either so i'm not yeah but i still think the full complement is it's still a pretty relatively speaking quite a small vessel compared to like the galaxy class or sovereign oh yeah i mean it's not like a crew in the thousands yeah no like they're more they are not like long-term exploration they're scouts they're they're the guys you send to a planet that one of the deep explorers goes to like it's like all right we did our initial pass in an episode someone go actually look at it for a while now, according to Memory Alpha, the actual crew complement of an Intrepid class is approximately 150, so... Oh. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, it's a wee little thing. Yeah. But it was nice to see something other than a reskin to fight. Yeah, yes. yeah. I feel like you should always be seeing variety when you have it. And you at know. least it wasn't just another Excelsior, too. It's like, oh, look! So we want to do a special, special thing today. Yes! Ooh! As, as we're about, what, halfway through DS9 now, which means we're nearing the end of all, or this, this season I was going to say, say, Ames, we're way more than that. I got bad I news for you I don't remember any of the, anything that came before. That's all right. Um, we can watch it again. I would be fine with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're, we're nearing the end of the series. And when we hit the end of the series, you know what we do? We do a fanfic day. And yeah. no one listens. Yeah. Actually, our last one was very episode, popular. you can skip, audience. No, oh, our last one was very popular. Does that mean we should do them script style again? I don't know. I have I have pros and cons on either side. Maybe writer's I mean, choice. Yeah, do what you want. Cool. So what we did, like we like we did at the end of TNG, was we each threw a whole bunch of side characters' names in the hat that the, that is James Rossi's computer. I also added some. Oh no. Nice. Chester! Jake's gonna draw no, Chester. I promise, and he's I promise no Chester, no Isis. No Dexter <laughs> Jetster. I actually wanted to put Dexter Jetster in there, but I, I couldn't remember the name of the episode he was in, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Rossi, how do you think? Because I know you have all of our names, yep. and you have like a random number generator Correct. ready to go. So, your choice of how you want to get the rest of this done, because I'm exhausted. Um, just to be so, clear, so we're going to draw four and then of the four, we can each choose two, two. Yeah. So I will, I will basically be like Jake first name and then I'll, I'll just go through and I'll give you, I'll give you four. Oh, okay. and then are you using some kind of through. randomizer thing? Uh, yeah. He Yay. claims to be. I am. If that's cool, all four of mine end up being, I'll also, I'll cat. also note, I'll, I will note over here as well. Who gets what? So if you don't write oh, it down. Awesome. Yeah. Also, I'm excited to hear how many were repeats. Like how many? I know. Like if all it, of us were like, it's got to be Nog. It wasn't that bad, to be honest. Um, oh, cool. I tried. Yeah, I tried to pick up things I didn't think everyone would pick. Yeah. I picked the people whose names I could remember. So yeah. I, I had everyone the, from the last episode we listened to. I had the, the benefit of Vic the whole is list, there. So. All right. So, uh, Jake, you first. Yeah, give me some names. Uh, so your first is Lisa Cusack. I don't know who that is. Lisa Cusack? <gasps> Lisa Cusack is great. She was the voice from the sound of her voice. 
Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, she's oh, awesome. No. Okay, Lucky Ducky. That's a good one. Vic Fontaine. Oh, oh no. Number two. Oh, they could hang so out. So many songs. The uh, two of them could be good buddies. This is one I actually like. Eddington. Ooh. Number three. And Lek. <gasps> I love Lek. Which one's Lek again? Oh, like the, 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 uh, the Eliminator. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Ferengi who likes to kill stuff. Yeah, Ooh, Lek, okay. Lek showed up more than once. Wow. Uh, can I? Can, I nice. can we do somebody else and I'll think about this and we can... I, I, I can't choose right now. I need yeah, to I think everybody's going to need a second, I would yeah, guess. Fine. So I'm for that. Yeah. yeah. Some of the some of the names are going to be great. I had trouble thinking of names because there are so many that it's like, I remember that episode. No one's going to remember this character. That didn't stop me. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Who do you want to give names to next? I'll do Rosie? I'll do you next. So, yeah. Friendship bracelet. Activate. Um, so you've got Grilka. Ooh, hot. And <laughs> I have listed it as it's a fake Romulan. <laughs> OK, um. So from from what? Pale Moonlight. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his actual name. Vreenak. There Vreenak, we go. Thank yep. you. Two more. No, that's it. Oh. The next one is Kern. Oh, wow. Spelled incorrectly. I believe it's K-E-R-N. No, it is not. Damn it. I was wrong. And the Klingon chef. Oh, snap. Oh, the... from uh, from the uh, who does the gach. Yeah. Nice. And sings. Better than Vic Fontaine. Oh. <laughs> hey, oh, Bally. Oh, All right. Shit. I will do Kate next. Yay. You have Damar. Oh, I put that in. I guess I deserve it. <laughs> and Kai Opaka. Oh, wow. Okay. And Cassidy. Yeah. Ooh. And Lek. Should we should that's a double? Should we keep yeah. that? Or? Yes, more Lex. All right. Should we though? I don't know. I feel like that doesn't. We can't both pick Lek. Why not? I don't know. I think that would be lame. But what's the point of having Lek in the shuffle more than once? Then we specifically said no. Don't take out the extras. Well, then what? I thought that was more just to have a better chance of getting them. I didn't think we were going to have du- duplicates. Well, and I guess we're going to have to square off on Lek. I don't really care. I don't want Lek. <laughs> you, can have, you can have luck right. if you want luck. That was easy. Dude, should um, I give should I give Kate another one or No, that's okay. fine then. Unless you nope, want unless you want another choice. To... Dude, would you ra- would you like another choice? I feel like we've gone mad. Yes, I'd love another choice. Okay. I, why not? Yeah. Why not? Right. Say yes. Um... Luck again, son of a bitch. <laughs> Everyone put in luck. <laughs> Uh, Vic Fontaine. <laughs> would you like? <laughs> would you like another? Who's putting Vic Fontaine on their list so many times? I actually only submitted Vic Fontaine eight times. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Seven times and Demar. Should we? Should we? <laughs> no, I like Vic Fontaine. Okay. Let's let's. Right. Uh, I'll I'll gladly hold there. All right. Kate managed to get three of her own submissions. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure I wrote all of, like, I knew I wrote Cassidy, I wrote Damar, I did not write Kaiopaka, so whoever yeah, did that. that was me. I wrote Kaiopaka as well. Well, oh, thank you. Bitch. Oh, shit, that means she's still out there. I was one of those Lex. I was the Alright, we're not done yet. I was all right, Chris, <laughs> you have Weiyun of your choice. Ooh. And That's one I wrote. That's my parenthetical. You have Bilby. Uh-huh. Oh, Bilby. And oh, you got one of mine. No. O'Brien's memory jail pal. Oh, that guy. <laughs> ah. And last one. 
Number one, Kai Opaka. Wait, someone else already had that too, right? <laughs> yeah, I got Kai Opaka. If you would like one do over, let's say everyone gets one do over if they want. Yeah, give me a give me a do over. All right, all right. Uh, Mirror Jennifer Cisco. Oh, okay. that that's a good one. D- Jake or Ames, do either of you want to make use of your redraw? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I'll take one, but I think I know who I want. Unless I get like a gem. I see, yeah, I think that's uh, worth it. I think it. I know. Yeah, it's no, especially, gem, especially gem. Gem was in TOS. You won't yeah. get gem uh, unless I get a bam. No, no. Yeah. So, which which one would you like to re-roll? Oh crap! The Klingon chef. The Klingon chef. Oh, I like the Klingon chef. That's I know okay. I like him, but I that's like there's okay. there's nothing there for me. Uh, no. Yeah, really, that would have been a good one for Chris. I submitted him. Um, Morn. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Ooh. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Well, he's really easy to write dialogue for, so. <laughs> well, that's that would make uh, it, in, like, trying to find a way to make that story interesting. Okay, I'm going to ask for a re-roll as well. All right. I think I'm going to toss, I hate to do it. Salads I, and scrambled but I'm, eggs. I'm going to toss mm. uh, Lisa Cusack. All right. Bitch! Well, Love I just her. can't think of much else she to do good. with her, like. You know, she was very cool in that episode. I just can't think of. Oh, but I love her and Vic Fontaine doing something weird together somewhere in the holodeck. Well, can we can we do swapsies? No, no. That <laughs> we've already we're already violating this. we right? seeing re redos and take backsies. <laughs> Would you like Lek the Eliminator to add to your list? <laughs> I already have Lek on my list. I know. <laughs> I can't have Excellent. two Leks. All right, all right. Reroll, Lek reroll. And Lek. <laughs> The problem with the random numbers is they're not very they're random. good. All right. Um, another one of mine. Uh, the Assassin O'Brien clone. Oh, okay. The one, the one that, the one he that got super suspicious. Yes. I figure being dead, you, you could just hand wave away. He didn't actually die. Uh, would you like to hear the names that were not chosen? Yes. Do we want to hear them before or after we choose? Uh, before. Then we're just sad that we don't have these people as options. Yep. Well, yep. that's how sometimes the cookie crumbles I, in that way. I think it would be interesting to to see, you know, the ideas what people might came have up been. with. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, though. It isn't like we can't use those other people. It just True. means that we don't have to use those other They're people. They're not your inspiration character. Yeah, that's, right. a, that's a really good point. So it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. All right, I'll read, I'll read through the list really quick because don't want to go too too long. But we have Pup. Uh, mm. So yeah. sad no one drew pop. Anabrintane. Ah. Uh, Ileana Ileana Gemor? That was sure the girl who's, who's uh who skin Kira took in second skin. Mm. But we don't really oh, know. Yeah. Exactly. All. That's we only fun. know the Kira version of yeah. her. Yeah. Pell. Um well, yeah, Pell would have been cool. I like this. Weyun six specifically. Yeah, that was that was one of mine. Zek. Boo. Oh, O'Brien's Cardassian lawyer. You flatter me, sir. You flatter me. <laughs> Yedrin Dax. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which one's that again? Dax from the well, two hundred years. <laughs> oh, Dax the, to the alternate future? timeline. Yeah, alternate timeline. Oh, Nito crashed on the planet, Dax. Yeah, yeah. Then we have. So I don't. How how niche were these characters supposed to be put on this list? It varied wildly. Yeah. So Kate's list <laughs> includes Nog, Martok. Oh, Jack. I actually like that one. Oh, shit. Jack, Jack yeah. I Jack. think in parentheses, yes, that one. Yes. 
I was very close to putting in Admiral Patrick. I almost put in Patrick as well, but I didn't. I, sh- I should have for Lek because I should have known everyone else would have picked I, Lek. I, I don't know if there would be any way we could write for Patrick without it being offensive. I think it. Could, I think it could be done. I, I would love char- to. I would love to see. I would love to see an offensive. alternate reality where Admiral Patrick is literally an admiral. Hmm. Yeah, Mary Universe. Yeah. Um. So the rest of the list. Uh, Thomas Riker. Ooh. Prim. I was close to putting him in. Hmm. Prim. Prim. Who's Prim? Primin. Primin. Sorry. Oh, Primin. Yeah, Primin. Primin. Oh, Primin. Constable Odo. Yeah, yeah. The guy who replaced Odo for a day, and Odo was pissed. Yeah, and then they did that storyline better with Eddington. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those Alamorain assholes? Oh, yeah. The, the, the Wadi? People. Yeah, the Wadi. The people who showed up with the thing? I forgot. Yeah. Well, I almost forgot all about that so long ago. Yep. And then these these last ones were mine. Uh, adult Molly. Oh. I considered Adult Molly. I think that would have been I did. Good. The assay office guy, who I've been in love with ever since season one, the only time oh, he yeah. showed up. The guy wow. who... Wow, that's very specific. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. a the anyone or or simply used as a setting the holographic city of Ebenezer Scrooges in their <laughs> nightgowns. The hol the hologram. The what? there was the old guy. Everyone died, so he made a hologram town oh, to yeah. live in, and they all looked like Ebenezer <laughs> yes. Scrooge in his night outfit. Yes, you're right. Oh dearie dear, um, I forgot about that episode. That was a good episode. Yeah. It was. And there was that episode where Odo was framed for murder, and yep. a guy got cloned from oh, a yeah. group of cells in, in the holodeck, and it would have been following what happened to that guy. That's a good not, idea. Not the murderer, the clone no, no, of the, clone, the murderer yeah. who grew in Bashir's lab. Yeah. And finally. That's good. And the last one, Tosk. Oh, Tosk. Oh. Wow. I, I can't believe none of us thought to yeah. throw in Tosk. Who threw in Zek? Because it wasn't me. I had me several either. people throw in Zek. I think it was out there three times. Wow. See, I I resisted the urge. I did, I did not, not. I specifically avoided Zek. Oh, no. Sorry. Jake did Zek, and then three people did Lek. Mm. Yeah. Not me. So it must have been the other three of you. Yeah, I did really. Like I said, I did ones I could remember. So it wasn't a very deep cut. I did get permission for Martok and Nog, though. You don't oh, need I specifically, well, but I specifically asked. I said, "Would that be niche enough?" Because it's not like no, they're not main characters. And what was funny is, is as I was typing Vic Fontaine, I was like, "Even though it feels like Vic Fontaine is a fucking main character lately, <laughs> son of a bitch." Anyway, okay. Does mm. anyone know who they're going to actually pick from their lists? Because <sighs> I'll go uh, if no one else wants to. Go for it. All right, it's going to be Vrenak and Kern. Interesting. God, I want to do both. I want a Cassidy Vic and I want a Kaiopaka Demar. I feel like Kaiopaka and Demar is like a really great pair that someone who's a good writer could do something amazing with. And I feel like I don't know that I'm that writer, but I feel like Vic and Cassidy. <sighs> Vic and Kaiopaka. This is really hard. So sad Jake threw away Lisa Cusack. I know, what a good one. I feel like we just had an episode with Cassidy and Vic. A little bit. Literally. Maybe you Fine. can see why she ch- likes Vic so much. Yeah, probably because she fu- likes to fuck security guards at the fucking <laughs> casino based on what we saw. 
Yeah, I think that our decisions for TNG were way easier than this. I guess I'm, I think I might. God. I really want to do one or the other. Like, I, I don't, I have no interest whatsoever in like Kyopaka and Vic or like Cassidy and Damar. I want like Vic and Cassidy or I want Damar and Kyopaka. We'll make the call. Do both. I feel like I want to do Kyopaka and Damar. I feel like it'd be more challenging. And I feel like I don't often take these things as seriously as I could. So if you give me something really tough, then I have to actually do the work. So let's say that. Let's say Kyopaka and Damar. If it helps, I personally really like the potential for that pairing. Yeah, I do too. Because I feel like it could be... I don't even know. I don't even know what. It could be like... um, Yeah. There's going to have to be like some kind of religious experience. It's going to be something. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm going to do my best. It may might just wind up as porn like they always do. Who knows? Apologies in advance. I am going to go with a Wayun And O'Brien's memory jail pal. <laughs> and yeah, these I'm were gonna, all good Chris choices. I'm going to go with um, the loathsome couple. Vic Fontaine. And Eddington. Ooh. Wow, that's interesting. Get ready to be called Pally Eddington. <laughs> <laughs> Vic Fontaine really is Deep Space Nine's Guinan, isn't he? He's kind of turned into that because apparently no one needs Quark anymore because Quark has reverted back to his scummy season one self. Sigh. I haven't done anything with Quark and. In- Several episodes that was of any value. I was thinking that about Cisco too, until they finally got Cisco in on the act this week. Like I feel like we haven't seen any Cisco. We've been, and we haven't seen a ton of Worf. I mean, very we'll little Odo. We'll see Worf well, next week. Odo's in a relationship, so he doesn't get any more development. <laughs> yep, he peaked. That's it. There was a really tender forehead kiss, I think, during the Vic Fontaine episode that I really liked. It was Vic kissing Nog on the head? Exactly. Right between the lobes. All right. Well, we've been doing this for fucking ever, even if we cut out all that random dead You know, the two hours. This is wild. Well. It's because we don't want to say goodbye to Rossi today. That's true. I got more, stuff we to do. I got to get out of here. Free me, please. Okay. Well, the, this is it. <laughs> this has been another episode of Deep Space Nine, A Star to Steer Her By. Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. We're, <laughs> I don't know what. You're going to hear fan fiction. Oh, when are we doing the fan fiction names before we... Uh, when we're done with Deep Space Nine. Our, oh, wow. It's really soon then. We have, wow. we have two months. Well, we know that I'll start at uh, 12 hours before it's due. So I have the exact amount of time as I will always have. But the rest of you have plenty of time. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to that. Uh, something to look forward to to take away the sting of um, no more Deep Space Nine. But for now, we do still have some more Deep Space Nine. And next week, we're going to talk about it. You can join us next week when we talk about Penumbra. And Till Death Do Us Part. Oh, these are the beginning of the 10 part whole end of the season arc, too. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. my God. This really is it. Yep. The no, best it the best is yet to come, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm friends and friends beyond the binary. But yeah, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you want to make sure not to miss the fanfic. And of course, our our some summaries and thoughts on the, the last 10 of uh, Deep Space Nine. You want to you want to subscribe. You find us wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're on SoundCloud and Stitcher and Spotify and podcast and, or podcast. Yeah, right. Google and Apple podcast. 
You can find us on Facebook where we post some stuff. You search the Star to Steer by. Sometimes we post shit up there. You can interact with us. It'll be a great time. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast, or you can visit SSHBpodcast.com, our home on the web. Ting! <laughs> In the meantime, until the next time, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. I'm James. Thank you so much for helping us out, James. You're very yeah, thanks welcome. for coming again, James. We love when you visit. It's absolutely Any- my pleasure. Anything that you're working on right now that you want to tell the people at nope, home about? Everyone hates me. Oh, well, we love you. Yay. We do. That's it. Till next week. Bada bing. Bada bing.